Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, March 18th, 2022. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timonini. Matt Timonini. Oh my God. We're so close in proximity. We are. We are looking out a beautiful window in New York City. Where 16th you finally, floor. 16th floor. Yes. Not 16 feet below sea level. Listen no. to Carolina Change, available on BroadwayRecords.com. Um, but <laughs> are you enjoying, are you enjoying the New York weather? Because it is absolutely abhorrent. There's a lot of things I'm not enjoying about this trip, Grace. Uh, as of wait, have you seen anything that you liked? I haven't talked to you about this at all. Well, yeah, uh, yes. Um, of the things I've actually been able to see, I've been here since Monday. It is now Thursday. I have seen two whole things. That is uh, the lowest body count that you've ever had. Yeah, I missed five shows over the weekend because of the flight cancellations. Mm. And was I, it snowing here? What was that about? See, I was also in Florida. Yeah, you were in Florida as well. There was a, <laughs> a bomb cyclone of something up the eastern seaboard. I don't think it was necessarily here, but like to get from Florida to New York, there was a huge snowstorm. Not a fan. No, nor I. Not the storm, um, right, John? Although, yeah, I was going to say there's a frozen reference in there somewhere. Yeah. But... Um, since then, since late Tuesday night, I have been in uh, not a good way. So I have not seen anything. I've tried to go to a couple shows, didn't make it, uh, but I've seen two whole things. One is the Hamilton, which was, oh. uh, which is a good show. Excellent direction. Re- recommend. Um, not you bad. Saw, wait, you saw David Guzman go on. I've I never did. Seen I sent you. The, I sent you the cast. The, yeah. the 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 slip. Yeah, we talked about it on the show before mm-hmm. I went. Um, did that. Our our good friends Shane and Nina from the press room hooked us up. Big um, fans. And they got my niece who is sitting. About ten feet from us right now, a yeah. signed playbill with from the cast. She's doing which a was, segment at the end, so we'll oh, yeah. just we'll yeah. yeah we'll do that. Cue that up as well. Yeah, um, we were supposed to do a whole episode, but I've been doubled over in pain for the past forty-eight hours, so we didn't do that. Um, but the other one that I saw, and I I don't know that it's open yet, so I'm not going to say much about it. Mm-hmm. I went to LCT 3s at the wedding, ah. and uh, let me just say this: really, really good. Ooh. I really like it. Was at the wedding. It's a sh- so the the plot of the show is a woman goes to the wedding of her ex girlfriend who is getting married to a man. No, we've and- been there. <laughs> I've seen this TikTok. Yeah, um, but it was fantastic. Uh, it was really really good. I don't want to say much more because, like I said, I don't think it's open yet. But mm. um, I enjoyed it a lot. Nice. I-, I really liked it. But since then, Hamilton and that the only things I've seen I've missed as of. Tonight, after you leave here, I will miss my ninth show of this trip. <laughs> this is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, genuinely heartbreaking. I mean, might as well just throw my spreadsheets away. But you're making our good friend, a uh, part of the, you know, Broadway Women's Alliance um, mm-hmm. feature, Rebecca Michelson. Yeah, one of the 30 country. to watch, yeah. 30 people to watch on Broadway, yeah. <laughs> I will talk about that once a week. Yeah. Um, so let's get into what you're missing. So the City Center's encore's production of Tony-nominated musical The Life, which is the newly adapted version directed by Billy Porter, has opened, and I am going tonight. The run Without continues. Me. Oh, so sorry. Sorry, leaving you behind. Um, they run through March 20th, and here's what some uh, a critic has to say. <clears throat> One's uh, enough. One's, One's enough with this one, Grace. Elizabeth <laughs> Vincentelli says, uh, for the New York Times says, uh, Rethinks can be welcome, even necessary in musical theater. Daniel Fish's production of Oklahoma, now touring the country, is one especially successful example. The traditionally archived-minded Encores has broadened its mission statement to include that the artists are reclaiming work for our time through their own personal lens. It's clear that the series is moving into a new phase, but for many of us longtime fans, it's also a little sad to lose such a unique showcase. I had a conversation with someone that um, 
I won't, I won't reveal their name because I don't have their permission to, to say their opinions right now. Um, but they kind of, they expressed the fact that, cause I wasn't as familiar and I know you're way mm-hmm. more familiar with Encores than I am. Um, the fact that like the whole mission statement of Encores has always been to do a work that has been like overlooked in the past couple of years that hasn't been revived. And they're trying to like pay homage to this piece, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's been lost in the shuffle in a sense that would not get a Broadway revival right now, even if they tried. Um, so I think it's really interesting that the whole point behind this one is that Billy Porter is, has completely redone this based on, yeah, yeah, based on all the, you know, you talked about David Gordon, um, earlier, uh, his article about this, which is intense. Yeah. David, (laughs) David, the editor in chief of theater mania did not like this. In fact, he he said, I think I'm paraphrasing, said is the worst sung encores he's ever seen. Yeah. And, and that's. A, a really strong statement. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I'm just curious, you know, how we're going to move forward because if if the entire mission statement around encores is to do the piece as written, and and this person also mentions Daniel Fish's Oklahoma, which we'll talk about later in the show. Mm-hmm. You know that that piece was verbatim the book. Like they didn't change anything; they just there, changed there the tone. A few changes, yeah. But like not really yeah. in lyric, not major or, ways, not major. Ways. Yeah, not in the book as well. So I'm curious yeah. what your thoughts are. Well, when Lear de Bessonet took over as the artistic director, um, okay, name drop. <laughs> I mean, I don't know her, but um, <laughs> you know her and Clint Ramos, former uh, Broadway <laughs> radio guest uh, of mine. Um, one show a year, they are going to allow creators to come in and rework. That's part of that new mission statement that Elizabeth mentioned in her review. And I'm fine with that. I mean, The Life is a show that doesn't get done yeah. for a lot of reasons. One, because it's about sex work and it's also dated now and it's uh, got some good songs. I There are some you know some what's the what's the right term some bops in that score um that i wore out the album back in the late 90s when it came out was this lilius white yes. and uh cooper yes it was chuck, chuck cooper lilius there's so white many there's all the coopers <laughs> i saw all the coopers in on my n- november trip remember i saw yes. eddie chuck and um lily uh in different shows that weekend anyway they it's their goal to kind of reinterpret some shows once a season and I'm okay with doing that. Um, and what a lot of people seem to have issues with is that not only did they rework the book, which I think is probably good with this show because of how opinions have changed towards sex work in the... Because sex what, work uh, is work. Yeah, in the multiple decades. Thank you for saying that while my 11-year-old niece is uh, in the corner. You've said sex work like three times. I know. But, um, but I think what a lot of people have issues with is the reorchestrations because that's mm. kind of been part of the thing that a lot of people have really loved encores for is the fact that you can hear this score done the way it was originally done almost exactly. But this has been reworked significantly, not trims and cuts in different, you know, orchestrations, like adding a few uh, instruments to take them out. It's a completely new interpretation from the big band jazzy sound that Cy Coleman wrote Mm -hmm. uh, in the late nineties. So I have no problem with this in theory. It all, but like I say with everything in musical theater, there are no bad ideas. It's just, yeah. there's just ideas badly executed. And of course, I, did, I haven't seen this. I'm not going to because I'm giving you my extra ticket. <laughs> um, but maybe it's a good thing. But I, I just want it to be done well. And we know Billy Porter is a genius in every single way. It just sounds like, based on the reviews, that it was a miss. And obviously, your mileage may vary on that. So I hope that people go and see it and um, enjoy it. And and I, But I have no issue with the big picture idea of reinterpreting works at encores. What I have more than anything else is 
I mean, look, <laughs> Christian Borle, Sarah Bareilles, Heather Headley, <laughs> Ashley Park. Uh, is, yeah. it Jel- is Jelani Aladdin in it too? I forget who all's in it. So. But like, I love it. And uh, Robert W. Schneider and I talked about it on an episode a couple weeks ago. Um, that production of Into the Woods is paying for these other things. So I yeah. totally get it. But I wish we were doing some shows that didn't get a revival every decade. Yeah. You know? And like, like The Life. Like The Life and like Tap Dance Kid, which we both really oh, enjoyed. We really like Tap Dance Kid. Let's go back. Okay, so actually, no, we're going forward in some tour news. So in North American tour news, we're thrilled to announce that oh the God. Roundabout Theater Company will launch a tour of A Soldier's Place starring Norm Lewis, directed by Kenny Leon. The 20-week tour is set to begin December of this year with tour stops, additional casting, all that good stuff later down the line. We don't know anything else. We just have Norm Lewis's face mm-hmm. on a poster about Soldier's Play, and I'm always here to support Norm. My yeah. boy, Norm. And Atlanta's own Kenny Leon. Yes, Atlanta's own Kenny Leon. Um, I, you know, if, if we're not going to have Norm on Broadway in The Music Man... We're going to have him tour in the daggum country is in, what we're going to do. In a soldier's uniform, which I'm sure there are many people will enjoy that. Mm. Um, but yeah, Norm's a central Florida guy. So hopefully oh. we'll get a stop down in, in Orlando somewhere so I can see it. If not, I will probably drive somewhere close by to see this if it's possible because Norm is great. He made his like play Broadway debut earlier this season in Chicken and Biscuits. So it's really interesting that he's... Oh. Yeah, so it's really interesting that he's going from that. Somebody called their agent. Yeah, and said, I want to stop singing. My voice is too luxurious. People can't take it. 54 shows at, you know, during Christmas time, Mm -hmm. like, you know, singing to all those ladies, enjoying Mm -hmm. their two drink minimum. (laughs) And he was like, no, I'm, I'm an actor. Actor. Yes. Yes. So this would be great. I mean, uh, uh, the thing is, what I didn't look, is he in the, um, or maybe they haven't even announced it. Is he in the mm-hmm. Blair Underwood role or is he in the David Allen Greer role? They didn't say. Didn't say? Okay. Because obviously. Or if they did say, I'm a horrible journalist. That's okay. You're not a journalist. You are a creator. No, and a according writer. to the New York Post, I'm a Broadway personality, which made me actually throw up in my mouth. <laughs> and um, a YouTube star. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yes. Uh, but, but anyway, going back to that, if he's in the David uh, Allen Greer role, mm-hmm. co-stars in Porgy and Bess. <gasps> So there you go. Oh, yeah. look at that. Yeah, you you know things. Hmm. Okay, I'm a journalist. So, uh, yeah. I have a journalism degree. Yeah, we get it. I went to college for a year. Pour yourself a cup of ambition. Don't worry, I hate me too. Um, <laughs> Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, the musical directed by Jeff Calhoun, will launch an upcoming North American tour of the musical based on that London production that Jeff uh, directed. So they were very specific to say that it was that one. They didn't say if this was a non-equity or an equity tour, but Dolly's face was on Playbill.com, and I said, I will do whatever that is. So, uh, yeah, you're going to get 9 to 5 somewhere in the U.S. this year. And I would imagine, given Jeff Calhoun's involvement, like, there's probably going to be some dancing. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, he does do that. Famously did some choreography for the Newsies. So. Well, Chris Catelli got a Tony for that. Yes, so but he, he was the director. Say, he was he, the director, yeah. but he's also, also a choreographer. Also, Bonnie and Clyde, right? He did Bonnie and Clyde as well, yes. He, Jekyll and Hyde? Not Jekyll and Hyde. No. Um, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, no, I don't think he did Jekyll and Hyde. But he did the Big River um, production um, with, like, was that the Deaf West uh, Big River, I believe? Oh, uh, with Michael right. Arden. That's yeah, so I mean, one. oh, he did do, he did do Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, You're right, with yeah. Constantine and Deborah. So, yeah, but they no, had that. No, not Deborah. I don't owe Deborah. Right, no, Deborah Cox is amazing. Yeah. yeah, but they did have that really cool number in that with the web, which mm-hmm. I don't know if it worked. It stood up in the show, but it was pretty interesting how it was choreographed and staged. But nice. yeah, a guy who works well with 
dancers. Dancers. For sure. Yeah. He also has really good hair. I just want to say that. Thanks Sometimes, for rubbing it in. No, yeah, I, well, I'm not rubbing it in. I'm just I mean, not making a note that, you know, when you run into a person, you're like, wow, that's a head of hair. Anyways. Um, can't relate. Can't relate. Uh, same. So anyways, let's let's uh, the last of the tour news, which I feel like you already kind of talked about, the fact that Mackenzie Kurtz tonight mm-hmm. makes her uh, debut as Anna in the tour of Frozen. She made her Broadway debut in 2020 for, like, what, 14 performances? That was it. Was it. Mm-hmm. it was not a lot, but she's getting to go back in March 17th through April 11th. Only they're going to announce a new Anna right after that. Uh, but, oh, can I even say that? Well, they're going to have to. She's only going through April 11th. They're going to have to announce somebody else. Okay. Um, but Ryan McCartan, who was also opposite her on Broadway, mm-hmm. um, as Hans is stepping in uh, as well because Austin Colby is away for five weeks on a secret project. But if you are obsessed with Heathers and Liv and Maddie as I was, you'd be just as excited uh, as I am. <laughs> he's great. I saw him I saw him in Wicked as, as oh, well. Fiero. Yeah, as, as Fierro. Um, he's great. I think he's really good. I, I really enjoy... He's a, I haven't been on the TikTok a lot he's lately, but he's very good on the TikTok. I love him dropping in and doing duets. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Duets with like people who are singing half of yeah. Dead Girl Walking or something, yeah. which is always fun. And I'm sure a geek out moment for, for those young women who are doing that. But you and I both share a deep and abiding love for Heathers. I yes. mentioned it the other day, the last time we really? talked about any Lawrence. No, no, the last show we did. I was saying anything <laughs> Lawrence O'Keefe. I am here oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad Boy, Heathers, uh, Legally Blonde, anything he writes or his wife, Nell Benjamin, mm-hmm. anything they do because I love Mean Girls as well. I know. Um, <laughs> all of those shows, I, I don't know what it is about their writing or just the subject matter they choose, um, but I'm here for all of it. It reminds me of your days in college getting your journalism degree, which you so lovingly have rubbed in. Uh, the American premiere of the play Golden Shield begins previews at Manhattan Theater Club April 26th. The play is written by Anchuli Felicia King, featuring a cast of Cindy Chung, Bong Du, Kristen Hung, Daniel Jenkins, Michael C. Liu, Max Gordon Moore, and more. Following its premiere in Australia in 2019, Crikey. Crikey. following its premiere in Australia in 2019, the play follows an American lawyer and her class action lawsuit involving a technology corporation and the Chinese government. And then she hires her sister to be her attorney. It sounds really cuckoo, and I'm excited about it. Listen, I don't need art right now dealing with lawsuits. It's a lot, <laughs> but I'm excited to we'll see too close this. To home. <laughs> I am excited to see this and the fact that um, there's going to be all this Asian representation at Manhattan Theater Club. I'm obviously all about. Yeah, which is one of the knocks on MTC and Roundabout for that matter. But a lot of these off-broad, not they obviously both do Broadway, so this is an off-Broadway thing, but so many of these not-for-profit companies that do shows um, off-Broadway and on-Broadway. They've not often... No, they've taken a chance, which is always like a cringe term for me. Uh, But no, you're so right. So this is great. And, and, um, obviously, in a different way, Prayer for the French Republic, because that was, mm. I believe, uh, all uh, – there were no people of color in that show, although we can have the discussion about mm-hmm. if Jewish people fall of in that course. category. Um, that's not something that I'm necessarily um, super knowledgeable on. But anyway, the, the um, I am good that there is uh, – I'm glad that they are doing some things that are not – you know, dining room dramas of a bunch of rich, affluent wasps, you know, yeah. it's and good. Speaking of that, I can't wait to see um, How I Learned to Drive. I really can't. Yeah, I, I not mean, a dining room drama. It's not, it, it's not uh, for me, yes, but I can't wait to see it. Um, I think it starts March 29th. 
because it's the same opening preview night as Mr. Saturday Night. And I oh, have to decide. Torn. I've got to you go to torn. one of them because I'm going to be dealing with some things and I just have to see something. So I can't wait for Mr. Saturday Night's uh, price to drop. And congratulations mm. to you for Billy Crystal's <laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award from the uh, Critics' Choice. I will happily take any of his flowers. Yes. I want to be his surrogate um, person when he dies. Anyways, uh, in London things happening because oh, we, uh, we have to talk about London. Oh, we really boy. do. The Young Vic has announced a complete cast. I didn't even know that they were doing a UK version yeah. of the show. I think we talked, uh, Ashley and I talked about it a couple oh, weeks ago. Thanks you know, for listening. I'm, mm, you know, I'm, I'm a long time listener. <laughs> um, but Daniel Fish's revival of Oklahoma, which we talked extensively about the show, um, is getting a London premiere. The cast includes Arthur Darvel as Curly, Anushka Lucas as Laurie, Patrick Vale, who originated Jed Fry in this, uh, you know, the the one that was just on Sexy Broadway. Oklahoma, you can Sexy say. Sexy Oklahoma. Is it sexy? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, Anything again, is sexy mileage, for me. mileage, your va- <laughs> mileage will vary, but yes. But, but then here we go. Our favorite, uh, friend of the pod, Marisha Wallace as Ado Annie. If you saw this exchange on Twitter today between Sis and Marisha, like because Sis she, is doing it on tour. Yes, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a huge deal to me. Like I saw you in Portland when I was young, and like you doing a role that I'm also doing at the same time like means a lot." And it was just like, oh, "This is why I love the so internet." Good. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, you and I have both interviewed Marisha Wallace here on mm-hmm. Broadway Radio. Arthur Darvel, um, mm-hmm. who did he was Guy in yeah. once on Broadway and in mm-hmm. London as well. He also starred as Rip Hunter, the captain of the uh, uh, of the ship on DC's Legends of Tomorrow on uh, on the CW. Yeah, he was also one of the companions for the Eleventh Doctor on Doctor Who. Oh no, that's where you lose me. I'm sorry. Do- you would love do- you no. would love the Doctor. No, you would. No. I think you would. Anyway, so <laughs> when are we going to London to see this? Because we talked about Oklahoma yeah, the other day, like how like eighty five percent of the show I absolutely adore, fifteen yeah. percent I don't. What's the fifteen percent? The hotness. The, the end. Right. I talked about it when I saw it off Broadway with Robbie. Um, oh. But anyway, we can get into it more. But like this cast is no, it's as sick. you would say. Kukaluku. It's Kukaluku. It's a Kukaluku cast, and I'm really, really excited about it. Also, I never saw Patrick on as Judd. Because oh, really? I saw, yeah, I only saw the tour. Oh, so, and they yeah. were all fantastic. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited for that. So, Matt, we're having twins. Uh, three sets of identical didn't twins. Didn't we just talk about a show? <laughs> didn't we just talk about twins? Didn't, no, didn't we just talk about a reinterpretation of the parent trap? Did we? Yeah, it was like the UCB guys are doing a movie. Yes. Okay. This no, is not that. This is you're something 100% different. right. We actually did totally do that. Um, but this is this is this is a little different because it's based it's a musical adaptation based on um, Eric Kastner's novel, The Parent Trap. Um, they've been looking for five years. I guess they couldn't find <laughs> twins of color in that time. <laughs> they've cast three <laughs> three sets of twins um, for this uh, show that's having its world premiere at England's Nottingham Playhouse beginning July 26th. The show officially opens on August 2nd. Um, and then they're also transferring this particular show as well. But Olivier and Tony winner Trevor Nunn for Cats, Les Mis, directs the musical. Music and lyrics by Honk and Mary Poppins duo George Stiles and Anthony Drew with a book by Stuart Patterson. The show, again, is based on the book where two sisters, Lottie and Lisa, follow a similar plot to the two Disney film adaptations, but they are not adaptations of the movie. That is going to be challenging. Yeah. I'm just letting you know now, as a aggressive fan of that film, both films, mainly the second one with Lindsay Lohan. Right. Um, I I'm nervous that it's it, but it's not called. It's called identical for yes for a good reason. It's based on because the original book was in German. Yeah. Uh, it's a German book, and um, 
it's a little different when you make that translation over to the US. I, did did Mary Rogers not write something with with Parent Trap? I'm looking on the Google and I'm not seeing that, so maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, Mary Rogers, of course, the daughter of Richard Rogers, also wrote um, uh, Once on This Mattress. Uh, oh, she wrote Freaky Friday. Freaky she, Friday. she wrote the novel Freaky Friday. I'm sorry, I'm getting my very Lindsay Lohan. Not really. I'm getting my Lindsay <laughs> Lohan movies confused. very different. Hmm. One features arguably the greatest soundtrack of any Disney film of all time that was uh, live action that didn't have original music. I know this because um, when it came out, I, as a child of divorce, um, you get like double presents. Mm. And so I asked both parents for the soundtrack, like aggressively. I was like, Santa or you guys? Like, I don't know who it's going to be, but somebody got to give me that soundtrack. And they both bought the CD. Like, I got the CD from both sets of parents so that I could have a CD at each house. Smart. It means a lot to me. In other news, a petition created by John Jay College students, Maya Bishop on change.org, is calling for the cancellation of the upcoming world premiere of Emmett Till, A New American Opera. It's it's gotten over 8,000 signatures. Um, I don't know if you've already covered this on the show. It we came out not. last week. You and I talked or, about it, though. Yeah. So basically, this opera tells this real-life story of the murder of a black teenager that spurred, you know, a huge movement in civil rights in the 1960s. Um, it's currently set to have a world premiere at John Jay College uh, Theater, March 23rd through the 24th. I'm not sure if that's going to happen now. Um, basically, it's adapted from a white playwright, Claire uh, Koss, for a 2013 play, Emmett, Down in My Heart. And it, and it kind of centers around uh, a white woman's perspective on this particular murder, which is uh, not, choice. not the take actually just at all uh for for the story in general um so claire Co this is a statement uh, claire Coss has creatively uh, centered her white guilt by using this play to make the racially motivated brutal torture and murder of a 14 year old child about her white self and her white feelings um says maya bishop who started the petition um telling the story from the perspective of a fictional progressive white woman shows that claire Coss is more concerned with showing the audience that it's not all white people are bad than she is about the ongoing fight for racial justice. Um, I kind of, yeah, that's the thing is like, I was talking about this uh, announcement last week because the level of social interaction that it got was insanely yeah. high for, for a lot of reasons. But mainly this one is the fact that like we learned about who wrote it and the why and what the story was surrounding. And that was really challenging for a lot of people. It, I mean, it does bear mentioning that the music was written by a black composer. So it's not just yeah. a white woman writing this on her own. Mary mm -hmm. D. Watkins um, wrote the music while Koss has adapted her play into the libretto. Um, Absolutely. It, it's just not a good look. Like, I mean, yeah. write your play, maybe Manhattan theater club will do it someday, but it, it just seems like the wrong time. And John Jay's college is a, is a school that is, I mean, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but my uh, knowledge of the school has always been that it is a very BIPOC-centered school. I think it is a yeah. high population of uh, of students who are non-white. It just seems very odd that this was the choice. And, let's, and that's probably why a lot of students yeah. signed on to the petition. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad look. Yeah, so that's really challenging, but we'll keep you updated because um, – interesting – so finally, in a recommendation that is purely for my own benefit, <laughs> I 
I get to plug it uh, because I'm super excited. I'm super proud of all of this. There was a music video that dropped today. Um, thank you, Playball.com, uh, that is around the fact that Assassins drops tomorrow. The cast recording is officially out March 18th today when you're listening to this episode. But the music video features Toby Gevinson and Adam Chandler Barat uh, for Unworthy of Your Love, which I know a lot of people have been wanting to hear. So we're giving you, and also like you get to see your boy Ethan playing mm-hmm. a little guitar because he really does. And uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful little music video. Thank you to Dan Tracy, who um, so perfectly directed and executed that music Did, video. Who who produced this video? Like, uh, like uh, you? us? And, uh, no, well, mainly Dan. Oh, I'm going to okay. give the credit right. to Dan. I know you were involved in getting things set up, or at least you were at one point. Yeah, I'm that person. Yeah, I, I never know sure. how to like you know, credit any of that stuff, but I'm just excited to work on the album and and get the news out there about it because we did, um, there was also another national anthem drop today as well, uh, courtesy of Theater Mania. Yeah. It's, uh, I got the EPK ahead of time. It is a very, very (laughs) special album. And it's just bonkers to me that we have now three cast recordings of that show from New York. Like I, and because of the level of talent in all three productions, we have to have them. Yeah. Like we have to have those those songs recorded. So I'm glad you feel that way. That's how we feel as well. I know it's challenging because like when there's already a piece of musical theater out there, people go, well, why do we need this new one? You know, why do we need the revival cast recording? And I think this, this this bears repeating. Yeah. It's like you, we need this one. You and I were so moved by the show Mm -hmm. um, at classic stage company. So I'm glad that it will be preserved in this way, especially um, centering around a Sondheim's uh, birthday, which is next week. Yep. On the 22nd. Ooh. So on that note, Thank you so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Courtney, real quick. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on the shows you've seen? Real quick. Uh, come on Favorite over. Favorite show that you've seen. Go. Hold on. Come on over to the mic. Come on over to the mic. <laughs> what is... So, first show you saw was what? Six. What'd you think? Um, definitely my favorite. Definitely my favorite show so far. Which um, <laughs> tracks? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you started high, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did have low expectations for the rest of the trip. Just because you didn't think like nothing could live up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've got something in your mouth right now too. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Sorry. Um, what did you see after after six? Uh, Hamilton. How did that go? Um, it was really good because Matt having amazing <laughs> friends. Um, What'd you do after the show? After the show, I got to meet the guy that plays Aaron Burr. Nick Walker, friend of the pod. You met Nick Walker? Yeah, he he came out afterwards into the Uh, house and talked to us and got a picture. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's really nice. Yeah, and then so then after that you saw Hades Town, which is mm-hmm. you being eleven. It was a little over your head, a little bit. You felt like based on the Greek mythology of it all, yeah. but you enjoyed the staging and stuff. Yeah, it was like uh, what's, that, what's the girl's name? The uh, Eurydice. Eurydice. She was really good. And what's interesting is it, what's interesting is is that all of the COVID stuff we'd been seeing with the show, I was worried about who would be in there, but all of the principals were in except for Reeve. Um, oh. So they got to see. Andre DeShields, who they love from the oh. cast album, and Patrick, and Lana Gordon, and and yeah. Eva, um, and I think two of the three Fates. I don't think Jesse Shelton was in, but I think the other two Fates were in. Mm-hmm. So, so you saw that. Then last night, or a- after that, you went and saw. Uh, you went to River City and mm-hmm. saw Wolverine and Princess Fiona. Did you? Yeah, yeah. that was um, 
It was really fun. Mm. I didn't do a good job of prepping her as to who Sutton Foster was because in her voice lessons, we've watched videos of Sutton Foster, but she in her voice lessons, she sang like three or four Sutton songs, like saying it it, uh, it might be today or it could be today. I know it's today. I know it's today. You can You've do the play- whole thing. She's played Fiona. Yeah, so you can be young Fiona. We'll harmonize on the middle and then... Um, We'll switch bodies and then you can yeah. see the top yeah. line. Yeah. yeah. But she's also done that. She sang Astonishing before. Oh, um, at last. That's a hard note. Yeah. And then we've, we watched the video of her doing Anything Goes, like the dance number from Anything Goes before. Love so it. I didn't prep her for that very well. But she came home and she's like, I know I've seen her somewhere. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because you, and you watched On YouTube. Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> all over. The entire time I was like, I swear. Because like when she came out on stage, uh, when she came out on stage, everyone was clapping. I was like. I, I swear I know this person. <laughs> I've seen her before. I just... Yeah. yeah. And then you saw... what When I went and saw this show in 1998, before both of you were born... Oh. Um, were you born? Yes. Okay. Um, in 1998, <laughs> I saw it on my first trip to New York, and I said, wow, this show is horrible. I never want to see it again. That was Phantom of the Opera. Um, but you went this afternoon. How did you feel about Phantom of the Opera? Felt the same. <laughs> Um, except, um, I mean... Not the, you said it wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen. It wasn't the worst, but, um... It's not your style. It's just not my style of music. I feel like I would appreciate it more if I liked, um, like, the type of music. The more legit... Can I tell you a secret? You won't. (laughs) Yeah. It's a problematic storyline, too. But you thought Emily as Christine was fantastic. Yes, she was very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that you guys really liked, uh, John Riddle as Raul. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Former Hans. Yeah, I told him, yeah. Mm. Did that so anyway? All right, that was my Courtney bit that was supposed to happen in a separate episode, but I've been <laughs> literally curled up on this couch bed for the past forty-eight hours. So uh, anyway, thank you, Court. Thank Bye. you. Bye. On that note, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you so much. 